We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Game week is here. Budweiser's weekday sports beat six days away from Notre Dame and Florida State kicking off the season in Tallahassee. Brian Driscoll from AverageBreakdown.com will be there. You you excited about making that trip to Tallahassee? I am. I am. The last time uh, last time I was in Tallahassee didn't end real well, so I'm hoping that this time it'll be a little bit a uh, little bit better finish. Man, that's been what like. How seven many years seasons. has that been? Seven seasons seven now? Seven years, yeah. Man. Yep. Still still seven years, and it was still a bad call. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And it's hard for Irish fans to forget it, and I don't blame them either. Yep. So. Not one bit. Nope. <laughs> Not one bit. Well, uh, let me let me start with this, I guess. Um, Jack Cohn, we've talked a lot about him, obviously. Going into season opener like this, on the road, the environment, the whole thing, how much value do you put on the experience that he has going into this game? A ton. I mean, this is exactly the kind of game uh, that you brought Jack Cone here for. You know, this this is why you valued his experience and the fact that he's played at Nebraska. We all know that no matter, no, whatever you want to say about Nebraska's program right now, and it's not great, <laughs> Nebraska's got a great fan base, right? He's played on the road against a top-10 Minnesota team in the snow, Late November, got the W. He's played in the Big Ten Championship game. He's played in the Rose Bowl. You know, he's played at Penn State in a game. You know, so uh, he's played at Iowa. Uh, you know, th- these are the kind of games that you recruited him to play. And having a guy like him that can be that calm, steady influence. And you know, Florida State's got a great crowd and a lively crowd, but it's it's not, you know, it's it's not going to be something that he's never seen before. So do you think either of the other two guys, either Drew Pine or Tyler Buckner, see the field in insignificant, you know, like it, I don't want to say a high leverage portion of the game, but when when the game is is still potentially in doubt, like could there be packages for either one of these guys? Well, barring injury, I don't see Drew Pine playing. I think he's the number two quarterback. And the thing with Drew Pine is he's kind of the same style of quarterback as Jack Cohn. Mm-hmm. So there would be, I mean, Unless he was like right on Jack Cohn's heels for the starting job, I don't, I wouldn't see any reason to play him in a normal leverage situation, you know, a normal in-game situation. Uh, so I think his moments will come if Notre Dame's got a big lead. 
Tyler Buckner is a different story. I, I would not be shocked if, if they have some kind of role for him. I don't know if they will. I'm not giving away any trade secrets. I just think that, you know, when Brian Kelly said this kid's dynamic and dynamic players help you win, uh-huh. uh, my response was, well, yeah, that's a great, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily the game they'd want to introduce that in. You know, maybe they might say, hey, look, let's just go on the road, let's get this dub, and then we'll come home and we'll get Tyler ready for two. that other stuff out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that that may be something there too, but they may also say, I think part of this just depends on how they feel about Tyler's ability to mentally handle this type of environment, and I don't know the answer to that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, and when we talk about environment, this offensive line with basically five guys working together for the first time, one guy back and and hasn't really played beside these other guys before, and so now you've got a unit of five out there. And, and again, when you go into this kind of environment, even like, like Georgia, obviously, from a couple of years ago, comes to mind. Even some of your best guys will false start and just communication issues those kind of things. How big a question for you is that going into this? That's a huge question. I mean, that was game three. Yeah. You know, and, and in that 2019 season, I think they had, what, four starters coming back mm-hmm. from the previous year's team. You know, because when you consider that Alex Bars got hurt in game five and Aaron Banks ended up replacing him for six starts, you know, I mean, I think the only new starter was, what, Jared Patterson at center, right? Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it was – I think it's it's a concern. Certainly, I think it's a it, it, you have to worry about the off the false starts, but not just the false starts, but just the communication. What's mm-hmm. the communication going to be like? You know, when they're making their line calls and their protection calls and their mic calls and you know those type of things. And and are, are they going to be look? You can turn the radio up as loud as you want. You can turn the speakers up as loud as you want. You can't. I don't believe you can replicate seventy, eighty thousand people screaming in the stadium. You know, especially early in the game. And I think that's why it's going to be so incredibly important for Notre Dame to start fast. And, that you know, that that's going to be a big key in this game. What was – I've never been to a football game down there. What, how would – how do you think the environment compares to, to some of these other places, whether it's Georgia or, you know, I, I, I don't even know if I'd throw Virginia Tech. You know, it's like okay, great opening song, but other than that, <laughs> the environment kind of died. How how would you compare Florida State's environment down there, especially you know for a night game? You know, I'd compare it a lot to a Notre Dame home game. To be honest with you, it's okay. an, about eighty-two thousand people, so it's not like the hundred and ten of Michigan and 
you know, I wouldn't say that they're as loud as the Georgia crowd. I think the Georgia crowd was pretty rabid. I don't see it being as loud. You know, the Miami crowd was pretty nuts that game in 2017. Yeah, that's that's not normally how that. the Miami crowd is. Uh, so I don't really see it as that kind of audience. You know, I think they're loud. They're certainly, you know, you know, I think there's going to be about 11,000 fewer people at this game than there was at the Georgia game just because of the size of the stadium. Uh, that Georgia team had a, a, a fan base that knew they were playing for a potential shot at the championship, you know, because it was an early season, but it was two top ten teams. Florida State's just hoping to go to a bowl game, <laughs> so yeah. I think that's part of it, too. The difference, too, is is when Notre Dame grabbed leads against Georgia, you know, because people forget Notre Dame had some leads in that game against Georgia in 2019. Uh, th- that crowd was still in it because they knew that there was – I think if this in this game, if you jump out on them early, you're going to get a pretty quiet crowd the rest of the game. Uh, because it, it is, it's not a typical rabid crowd. And look, the other thing too is I always kind of evaluate the rabidness of a crowd of, of do you still show up when the team's not great? Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look at some of Florida State's fan numbers back in 2000, you know, 2019, for example, the last time they could have full crowds, you know, 50,000 for the Boise State game, 52 for Louisiana Monroe, 46 for Louisville, Louisville 60 for NC State. You know, 60, they couldn't even fill the crowd for Miami. You know, that's, um, I think that says a lot about where this fan base is with this football team right now. Maris Leofau is out. Brian Kelly confirmed it today. Your, your confidence in J.D. Bertrand is what? Well, in, in some areas it's high. When I, when I look at run game, I look at a team that run game-wise I expect it to be not a drop-off. And, and matter of fact, it's, 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 Look, I, I actually, the, I think they could end up being a little better than they were with Marist as, as against the run. I certainly expect them to be better than they were last year. And to me, ultimately, you know, we can talk about what it would have been like with Marist, but we never saw Marist as a starter. Yeah. You know, he, he he got hurt before the season started. It's more about okay, can they can he produce better than what we saw last season? That's the key. And I and I think, but even looking at it from the Marist standpoint, I think the run game will be better. Where I have concern is I, I don't expect oh, – I like J.D. Bertrand a lot. Marist is long, he's fast, and he was a, a kid that played cornerback early in his football career. <laughs> so he can cover. And I think that's where you're going to see the drop-off is in coverage and then also as a, as a pass rusher. I think Marist was a real, you know, had potential to be a really good pass rusher. I think that's where we're going to see a drop-off. But when it comes to running the football, I don't expect Notre Dame to miss a beat with J.D. Bertrand, and they could potentially be a, a, a little bit better because that, that's his wheelhouse, right? That's where I think J.D. is going to be at his best. He's Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. Interesting looking at the depth chart today. No real surprises, but the one thing that that I did see, the rover, and I think we touched on this a little bit last week, but it, they've got Kaiser as the number one, and then it also says or Isaiah Pryor, you know, not number one and then just number two. It says or Isaiah Pryor or Paul Mawala. So, well, you think we're going to see all three of these guys Saturday? I always thought we'd see all three. I'm okay. curious if there's going to be a true three. You know, like those ors can mean one of two things. One is it could be, well, we're, we know who our starter is, but we're going to play all three. Because I think we had ors every year last year with three tight ends, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And Brock Wright was always listed as the starter uh, most weeks. So is it going to be like that where, yeah, we're going to have three guys who are going to play a ton of football? Or is it going to be, okay, Jack Kaiser's a starter, 
but there's also going to be a role for Paul Moala and, and Isaiah Pryor. I think there's two different options, but I certainly would be surprised if we don't see at least two of them play a ton and potentially get a third guy in there, especially with some of the you know, the, the, the shakier athletes that Florida State's going to put on the field in the slot and the fact that Florida State does like to throw the ball to their running backs, and Mike Norvell really likes getting his, his running backs the football, and that's an area where the Rovers and the Will linebackers could have a big impact in this game, positively or negatively. Yep. Absolutely. Brian Driscoll from irishbreakdown.com. We're going to talk more specifically about Florida State on Wednesday when we have you back on. But uh, Jordan Travis, he burned Notre Dame with his legs last year, almost 100 rushing yards. This is an aggressive defense that Marcus Freeman has. How do they contain him, assuming that he's the starter Sunday? Discipline is going to be incredibly important, and I, and I think one of the misconceptions that maybe some people can have when you're looking at a a mobile quarterback is to say, well, you know, hey, he's really athletic. You got to sit back and just, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. I think you can still attack. I just think there has to be a level of discipline within that attack. Hey, look, if you have, if you're a B gap guy, you got to stay in the B gap. You can't lose contain because he will, he will. If you go A gap and another guy goes A gap, or you know, you don't come and he sees that B gap open, he's going to take off and he's going to get in space, and you do not want him in space. So I, I think that's obviously a big part of this. But I think this is a, a much, much better de- – here's the thing about last year's game that I think sometimes we forget. I know I forget it sometimes. Notre Dame had missed two weeks because of COVID last right. year going right. into this game. That was a you big know, they deal. They had to cancel the Wake Forest game. Uh, they, 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 they played this game on October 10th. The last time Notre Dame played was September 19th, almost a full month mm-hmm. before Notre Dame was able to play a game again. And remember, Sean Crawford was playing cornerback because they had so many corners out. You know, there, there's a lot about this game that said, I, I just, I, we didn't get Notre Dame's best day that day on defense. Right. But part of it was, is that was always an issue for Clark Lee's. Now, the one kryptonite that we saw with Clark Lee's defense was mobile quarterbacks. And every defense has one. Right, every defense has a kryptonite. If you're mm-hmm. good enough here, you can give them problems. We saw it at Louisville two years ago. Exactly, we saw it with Louisville. We saw it with you know even with Mike Elko's defense with Malik Rozier when they played Miami down mm-hmm. in 2017. He had a lot of scrambles for runs, and it's the similar philosophy. We saw it uh, several times, uh, and and I I don't think Marcus Freeman's defense has that same kryptonite. So I think they're better prepared for it. I think especially because it's going to be a faster, more athletic defense. I think they can handle that a little bit more effectively. I'm more concerned about. Can they can they limit the big plays? Meaning, you know, missing us again. That's my biggest fear with this defense, Sean. It's not necessarily Jordan Travis, who I think is a dangerous player, but Notre Dame has a lot more film on him now. Remember last year when they played, the only film they had of him was against Jacksonville State. He right. didn't play really Week the first before. two games. Yeah. James Blackman was the quarterback. So that that's another thing, but it's more about. First game woes, gap integrity. Are if you know, are are you losing gaps? You know, when you look at Jordan Travis, when you look at Deshaun Corbin at running back, when you look at Lawrence Tefili, those are all guys capable of ripping you apart if you're not gap assignment correct. That's a concern I always have in game one, and it's a concern I have about Notre Dame and Alabama and Ohio State and every other <laughs> team that doesn't return eleven starters from yeah. last year, you know. Big difference, yeah. Uh, it's just the nature of it. And so those are the things that I'm more concerned about in this opener is, are you going to play your game? Or are you going to be what we often see in openers, which is you tend to be a little sloppy and make some mistakes and things like that. If they can avoid some of that for the most part, then I think this defense is better equipped to handle the mobile quarterback. It's just about limiting the big plays. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Brian Kelly was asked a little bit about the uh, the idea of more 21 personnel this year, two running backs and 
one tight end, and that, of course, would mean Chris Tyree and uh, Karen Williams on the field at the same time. And it's not just that they're like, you know, traditional two backs in the backfield pro set and all that kind of stuff. It's like the combination of things that you can do with them. So I'm just curious, like, what your ideal personnel grouping is, you know, when, when you look at this team and, and the, the kind of skill that they have on, on offense. My ideal personnel situation with this Notre Dame team is that they don't have an ideal personnel grouping. <laughs> and, and I mean that because, like, the thing that's unique about this team is they can be just as good in 11 personnel, that's one back, one tight end, three receivers, as I think they can be in 12 personnel, which is two receivers, two tight ends, one back, as that can be in 21. That's what makes this group so unique. You know, you can put, you can take Avery Davis out or Braden Lindsay out and put a back in, and you've got a guy like Kyron Williams who had over a thousand yards career receiving yards in high school. You've got a guy like Chris Tyree. They say he's one of the most explosive players in college football. Why would you not want to get him on the perimeter and get him the ball in space? You know, and then hey, you've got to defend him running a bubble screen as you're running inside zone to Kyron Williams. Have fun with that. Okay, have fun <laughs> defending that. Well, then you can take him out and you can put Lawrence Keyes in and do the exact same thing. Or you can go two tight ends and say, hey, we're going to run a little power football, but we also have tight ends that can stretch the field. I think that's what makes me so fired up about this, what this offense can be, Sean, is if you're Tommy Reese, you're like, good Lord, like this is just like Christmas for me. I've got, I've got deep receivers. I mean, guys like Xavier Watts and Deion Colsey aren't even in the two deep in a three receiver offense, <laughs> right? I mean, that speaks volumes about how loaded their receiver. There's guys not in the three deep at tight end that would start for, you know, Kane Barong is probably the number one or two tight end for at least four or five teams, and their name is going to play this year. He's not even number three on this defense or on this offense. So I think that's the thing is you have to be more multiple than you were last year because you're healthier. You know, look, I give the staff a hard time for how conservative they were last year, but going into the season they anticipated having Kevin Austin and Braden Lindsay. Right. You lose two weapons like that, it's going to change how you go about your business. Yeah. It just will. Yep. And so I think they were forced into being a little bit more conservative than the last year and being more 12 and 13 oriented than I think they otherwise would have been if they had a Braden Lindsay and Kevin Austin. Well, right now you're pretty healthy on offense. And that means to me just throwing – all types of different looks. I mean, you can go two backs, one, one play, Sean, and, and have two backs in the backfield with a tight end running power football with you. You can even do like a that old diamond formation that teams used to do, uh-huh. uh, Oklahoma State does. And then the very next play with that same personnel, you can go empty and be just as good throwing the ball. Right. There aren't a lot of teams that can do that, and that's what makes this Notre Dame roster unique. <laughs> We'll be right back. 
Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.